Are your competitors stealing your traffic from Google? If you don't show up on the front page of Google, when someone searches for something related to your product, they won't find you. However, there are things that you can start doing today to start building that presence so that you can dominate your competition on Google over time. Just stay tuned for this interview with SEO expert Brandon Leibowitz as he walks us through the ins and outs of how to rank on Google. You're here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. Brandon, do you mind telling us a bit about SEO optimizers and what you guys do? We help people get more traffic to their website using search engine optimization, which means when you search on Google, there's ads at the top. Those are all paid ads, but right below the paid ads are the organic, the free listings. And what I do is help people get that free traffic from Google so they could start tapping into that traffic and avoid having to spend money on paid ads. Yeah, definitely. And why would anybody want to be at the top of Google? I know that's like, where have you been for the last 15 years? If you don't know that, but let's go ahead and tell the world why that is. If you're not on Google, someone else is taking that traffic away from you. And if you want to capture that traffic, then you got to have that presence online. And you don't necessarily need to be on Google. You need to be where your audience is at. But most Audiences are going to be on Google nowadays. And if you don't think they are, you could use tools to see how many people actually search for keywords on Google. So there's a tool called the Google Keyword Planner. It's a free tool. And you can put your keyword that you think is related to your business in there. And you can see how many people actually search for that keyword. So you can figure out, all right, maybe no one's searching for my keyword. Maybe I don't need to be on Google. Maybe I need to be on social media where I could drive awareness. Or maybe 5,000 people are searching for that keyword every single month. Maybe you want some of that traffic because you might want some of the client. So those people to come sales, leads, phone calls, whatever that conversion goal is. So it's really about just building your brand up and building your business up. Yeah, definitely. And who do you find that works the best for SEO on their pages? Anyone with a viable product or service. It doesn't really work better for one or another. It really comes down to the competition. The more competitive your industry is, the more time it's going to take the harder to become. So if you have something more niche and more unique, that's going to be better. So that's going to be the biggest differentiator is something more broad in general. Maybe you're just selling t-shirts, very tough. Got a lot of competition. Got Target, Walmart, Costco, and Amazon, and all these big corporate websites. And if you're just a small mom and pop shop, it's going to be tough. If you're a big corporation, maybe you could compete with them. But if you're just a small mom and pop shop, I'd say let's go for something else. So this understanding who your competitors are and what phase of the business cycle you're in lets you know who's going to be similar and what keywords I should target. That's going to be feasible and not take years and years to rank because we don't want to spend that much time. We want to get you up there as soon as possible. Fortunately, SEO takes time, but doing the right signals and finding the right keywords that are less competitive is going to get you to grow a little bit quicker. Yeah, definitely. And what are some of those things for SEO that people can really tap into that you look at for a client when you're first starting to work with them? What do you look at and say, okay, we can maybe tack these like easy things first, and then these things are going to take, take a long time. Probably looking at their website first and analyzing their website versus their competitors and just trying to figure out what's the disconnect, what's working for your competitors, and why is it not working for you? And it really comes down to backlinks, getting other websites to talk about you. The more backlinks you have, the more trust Google is going to give to you and the higher they're going to rank you. And what is a backlink? A backlink is a clickable link from another website that points to yours. So if you're reading an article 
on the internet and let's say you're on the latimes.com and in there it says Brandon Leibowitz and you click on it and it goes to my website, I'd be getting a backlink from the latimes.com. So the more websites that link out to you, the more trust Google's going to give to you and the higher they're going to rank you. So what I always do is look at your website or whoever's website we're working on and look at theirs versus the competitors and just figure out how many backlinks do you have? How many backlinks do your competitors have? And how do we fill that void? Yeah, definitely. And what is some of the good ways to get more backlinks? Looking at your competitors' backlinks is going to be a great way. So I can see everything you're doing. You can see everything I'm doing. You have to pay for these tools, but these tools will show you any website's backlinks. The more popular ones would be like Ahrefs or Moz or SEMrush. And then one by one, you can look at your competitors and see exactly what they're doing, what strategies they're incorporating into their own website and try to build similar backlinks that are relevant and authoritative. But there's only so many that you can get from your competitors because a lot of these websites are going to be like old or outdated or no one's maintaining them anymore. So you have to start building new ones. And a way you could do that is by, you could be a guest on people's podcasts. You could do interviews. You could do blog posts. You could do press releases. You could, if you're e-commerce, you give out products for people to review. And it's really just all about getting creative. You could do sponsoring events. If you're a local business, you want to be in like the Chamber of Commerce or the BBB and Get you on like Google Maps and Apple Maps and Bing Maps and Yellow Pages and MapQuest and just kind of reverse engineering. And you're going to see what your competitors are doing. If you see they're all on local websites, then you should probably have a local presence. If they're on all these big podcasts, then maybe you should start doing a little podcasting. If they're doing press releases, do some PR and could see exactly what they're doing and try to replicate it as much as possible. Yeah, definitely. And how many clients have you worked with over the years? And what have you seen that was working years ago that it's not working now and what has changed in the seo landscape i've been doing it since 2007 so probably worked with thousands of websites now and it's definitely changed a lot in the past it was a lot easier where in the past it was it comes down to the backlinks and in 2007 there weren't as many websites out there so you didn't have to build as many backlinks now there's much more competition out there and got to build more backlinks and provide more quality content. And essentially, like in the past, Google didn't really care too much about content. You could just copy text from one page to another and it would work pretty well. But nowadays, Google feeds off original content. They want duplicate content. So writing unique content on your website is very important. Making sure you have good quality backlinks. And because in the past, if you have 100 backlinks and I have 200 backlinks, I'd rank higher than you because I had more backlinks. Now it's really not the number of backlinks. It's the number of quality backlinks. And a quality backlink to Google is a backlink from a website that's related to what you're doing and authoritative. So if you're selling like tennis shoes and you're getting a backlink from a lawyer, it's a little strange. Like why is a lawyer linking to a shoe company? But if you're selling tennis shoes and maybe you get a website about fashion or Anything somewhat related to what you're doing. It doesn't have to be shoes, but anything somewhat related to what you're doing, that's what Google wants to see. So relevancy and the authoritativeness, how big is this website? The bigger the website, the more SEO value that's passed on. So if I give you a backlink from my website, it's good, but it's not the same as like the LA Times or New York Times or Wikipedia or Wall Street Journal. So the bigger the website, the more SEO value that's going to be passed on as well. Yeah, definitely. So if I have a electric vehicle company and I'm making these EV chargers out there, then if I've got a backlink from a EV news website, that would be higher quality than if I got something, a lawyer, <laughs> using your example again, that would be better quality. But what about in this sense, like what if the EV news website doesn't have as high a ranking as like the 
other more general news websites? Do you pick and choose based on who's more in your industry versus being a larger presence? How do you differentiate that? More relevancy is going to be more important because you might get on a website that's really related to what you're doing. It might be a small blog, but you hope in five or 10 years from now, they keep building their website up and it becomes an authoritative figure. It doesn't always happen, but that would be the ultimate goal. But relevancy is much more important than authoritativeness because it just helps out so much. Getting on a New York Times is great, but it's just about everything versus getting on a really niche related blog. It's going to pass on a lot more relevancy, but both are good. But if you had to choose one or one over the other, I'd say relevancy is going to be a little bit more important. Definitely. And what is Google's look at that? How does it know about the relevancy of a website versus are they looking at how many times people clicked on different links within the blog that they can then say, oh, this is more relevant to the customer being the person who's going to that website, going to that page and viewing it and then clicking and things like that. I'm sure they have a bunch of AI that's analyzing the content itself since so they know that well. They can't really track clicks on websites unless you have Google Analytics installed. So a lot of websites don't install Google Analytics because they don't want Google tracking them, but I would install it just so you could get that data, but they can't see that on every website. So they're not going to use that as they might, but I doubt it. A lot of websites don't have that, so they can't really accurately look at that, but they look at the websites that you're published on. They look at the content to make sure it's relevant. And that's the way that they're going to do that is just by reading the website, scanning all the text on it, and just trying to figure out what this website's about. And the more content that's related to what you're doing, the more relevant it becomes. So that would be that aspect, but who really knows? No one really knows. Google keeps that stuff top <laughs> secret, but I don't think they're able to see every website's clicks because not every website has Google Analytics installed. So I don't think that would be a fair ranking signal that they would use to be unbiased. But they do say that the more traffic that link brings to you, the better off it's going to be. But Honestly, that how they could see that on every website. Definitely. And you mentioned keywords earlier. Can you talk more about the, what a keyword is and how do I pick the keywords that I should go after? Mm, just anything anyone searches on Google. So if someone puts into Google tennis shoes, that's a keyword. If someone says best tennis shoes, size 10 for men in Los Angeles, that's a keyword. So it doesn't matter if it's one word, five words, 20 words, whatever someone searches is that keyword. And you want to rank for keywords that are related to what you're doing. So there's tools like the Google Keyword Planner. It's a free tool that we talked about earlier that will show you how many people actually search for your keyword every single month. So you can figure out, is this a good keyword? Or should I use a singular or a plural or a synonym or some other variation? But you have to do the keyword research to figure out what those keywords are or how much search volume those keywords get. But before that, you want to figure out what keywords you want to rank for. And I would just make a list of keywords that you think are relevant. You also look at your competitors by just searching in Google keywords and looking at that blue clickable link that your competitors have that's called the seo title tag and that's where everyone puts keywords and you could see what keywords other people are putting in there and then make a list of all these keywords throw them into the google keyword planner and then it's going to show you if it's a good keyword or if it's some other variation is going to be a little bit better but even if i do find a good keyword in the google keyword planner that has a bunch of search volume and it looks good i want to search it in google and see who ranks because if it's just a bunch of big corporations and i'm a startup, then maybe I shouldn't target that keyword. But if I search on Google and it's a bunch of small, medium-sized businesses and I'm a small business, then I'll go after that keyword. So it's all about just understanding who ranks for that keyword. And is it possible for me to get up there? Because if it's just a bunch of corporations and you're a startup, it's going to be tough. Eventually over time, you could try to rank for that, but I go for keywords that are more similar in size of competition wise. Yeah, definitely. And in terms of social media, how does that impact, you know, does that have any impact at all on it? Or is it just a whole separate 
world. Some impact social signals, like how many go Facebook to your website, the more people that visit you from social media to your website, the better it's going to be. But Google doesn't really care how many followers you have or how often you're posting, all that stuff has no real impact on SEO. Google is pretty much blocked from most social media anyways, because they're all somewhat competitors. So Facebook isn't going to give them that day or Instagram or TikTok. They're all somewhat competitors because Google owns YouTube, which is a video sharing content platform. And they don't want to lose that market share to Instagram or, or to TikTok because everyone's fighting for videos nowadays. Social, just kind of think, is my audience on social? If so, great, but it's not necessary for every business. If you're like a dentist, how many people are really going on Twitter looking for a dentist? Some people might, but not many people are really going to be doing that. So it's all about just knowing who your audience is and how do I get in front of my audience at the right moments when they're looking for my product or service. Definitely. And so what is your general process when you talk with a client? What steps you go through? I know you mentioned earlier trying to get some keywords and everything, but do you have any other steps that you go through? with your clients? I'll look at their website and evaluate it from my own point of view, from an SEO perspective and see what's working, what's not working. And then from there, try to work with them to make a list of competitors that they think they want to outrank and keywords that they want to target. But then I do my own research and see, do these competitors even rank on Google? Because a lot of people will say, here's my competitors. And I'm like, now these people rank on Google. They might be your competitors offline, but online, it's much different. So finding related com or competitors online and finding keywords that are targeted that have buyer intent, which doesn't always work out from what the client wants versus what the research shows. So taking whatever they give me with a grain of salt and just diving deeper and just making sure that their research volume, that they're relevant and that these are going to be good ones to go after. Definitely. Do you use Google Analytics to really go and track how well your FCO efforts are performing over time? Or what is, do you have any other tools that you generally use to track how well you're changing the rankings in different ways? There's a ton of tools out there, but Google Analytics is a free tool from Google. So I would definitely use that and sign up sooner than later to get that free data. There's also another tool from Google called Google Search Console. That one's more for SEO. So Google Analytics will tell you anything about your traffic, how many visitors you're getting, to what pages, what city, what state, what country these people are coming from, if it's on mobile versus desktop, and shows you everything about all your traffic. But for SEO, if you want to learn about SEO, then you got to go into Google Search Console, and that's going to show you. Everything about your website performance, how it's performing, what keywords you're ranking for, how much traffic, if there's any errors, if you've been penalized, all that stuff will pop up in the Google Search Console. So both are important. There's a lot of other tools out there that you could pay for, but these are free from Google. I would trust them more than some other third-party tools. What do you see as some of the biggest mistakes with any of your clients that you're working with that you are able to really help them change and improve their website in terms of ranking with SEO and all of that? Probably the backlinks are the biggest issue that people don't realize backlinks are so important. They're not building any backlinks or they're building the wrong type of backlinks. And so you're just going in and fixing that. That's usually the starting point with anything with SEO is backlinks, looking at their backlinks, trying to figure out what's going on, where are they getting these backlinks from? Are they relevant, authoritative? And if not, let's cut them out. Let's start building new ones to offset these lower quality ones. Is it more important to have more blog posts on your own website or is it more important to find other blog posts out there and get your company around in different places, going on different podcasts and other, which one would be higher priority for a company? Probably getting on other people's websites because blogging on your own website is good, but if you don't have Google trusting you, they're not going to trust or rank those blog posts. So if you already have a bunch of backlinks and blogging on your own website is fine because you've already built up that trust. But if you're just starting out, don't have many backlinks, getting other websites to talk about you is going to have a better longer term impact. But 
blogging on your own website is good and you want to keep your blog updated, blogging once a month is good on your website. If you just want a starting point, you can do more if you like, but one is really sufficient just to keep your blog updated. And then blogging on other people's websites frequently is going to keep Google trusting you and keep Google happy. And do you see any impact in the design or how the a website looks, does that impact SEO or is it uh, SEO really around content and you know what's provided there? Because Google wants to provide the best user experience. Do they also worry about how the website looks? If it's on mobile, if you're not mobile friendly, they're not going to show you on mobile devices. So that's an important one, but they're really looking more in the coding. They don't care how your website looks too much. They want a good looking website that's user friendly. Because if not, if you click on that website and it looks really bad, you're going to hit that back button and that's a bad user experience on Google. So they want good quality sites, but they're not really looking at the design too much. They're looking more in the coding for you to put keywords in different places and to make sure the coding is good and clean and well and easy to read because they can't really read images or videos yet. They're getting better at it, but they really just look in the coding and that's where they're looking to see how that's built out, how that's structured and that's more important. And with all this new information around chat GBT and the different AI tools out there, where do you see that having an impact on SEO and people searching in Google versus just you chat GBT to search anything? What do you think about that whole world? We'll have to see what happens for now. I don't think it's going to take over for now, but in the future, well, because you can't buy. So if someone's looking to buy products, you can't just go on ChatGPT and find a website and buy off of it. They might incorporate that in the future, but right now it's limiting where it's more just questions and answers. So it's going to take question and answer traffic away from and from websites. But we'll have to see what happens in the future and how they change it. And it's just so dynamic that who knows what's going to happen in a few days, a few weeks. It could completely change. So we'll have to keep staying up to date with it. But it is definitely having a big impact. But we'll have to see. Is it going to be short-lived or is it going to continue on or what's going to happen? Or is Google just going to figure out how to incorporate that into the search engine and just keep dominating or who knows, but it's an interesting time for sure. Yeah, it really is. And Google Bard is very interesting as well. It's able to go out there and search online so that you can actually type in something in there and it'll go and search for you and say, Hey, here's the link. And you can go and click it. And that could be a whole different world where you start doing research on a certain topic. And then it says, Hey, this is the top provided product in this area that you were researching. And so it just links you to that. So that could be a whole world too, where you're trying to optimize for whole conversations that people have with a language learning model. So that would be really interesting to see where that goes. So. We'll see. And do you have any big goals for SEO optimizers over the next six months or so? Just keep building it up and staying up to date with all these latest changes and seeing what's evolving with search and just trying to stay up to date with all these changes and just keep providing good quality content and ranking websites for the most part. No major changes, but just trying to stay up to date and see what the future might hold in store for everything. And I love to ask this question just because I get a lot of different varied responses and I can just be a lot of fun to hear what other entrepreneurs are learning about. What are you currently learning right now? I am definitely learning a lot about AI, chat GPT and tools like that. In the past, Google said we don't want content run by, we want content run by people, we want good quality content. Six months ago, Google said we don't care if the content's run by people or AI, as long as it offers value. So just learning more about ChatGPT and content creation and ways to just automate some of the work that I'm doing because anything to help automate, as long as it provides good quality content, I'm not just going to copy verbatim ChatGPT and anything like that, but using it to create like outlines and things like that to help just 
make you a little bit more efficient is going to be helpful. So just trying to figure out what's going on with that and how to use it or maybe not use it because I don't want to get in trouble and find out that Google all of a sudden next month says, no, we don't want AI written content because they make the rules and they can flip that switch anytime, but I don't think they're going to do that. So just trying to make Google happy and provide good quality content. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Make the Google gods happy. For sure. For sure. And if there's one tip that you would have for an ecopreneur who's on this podcast, who's listening in, what is one tip that you would have for them in order to increase their website traffic and be able to optimize their SEO? There's so many things that you need to do, but just provide good quality content on your website, meaning text is going to be really helpful. The more text you have, the easier for search engines to read and know what your website's about. So provide good quality text on your website and then have good quality backlinks and be patient. It takes time. Unfortunately, it's not immediate. So sending all the right signals to Google is going to get them to trust you, but to get them to rank you does take months. Unfortunately, it's not immediate. Sometimes it could take years. So it's got to keep building it up and building it up, trying to send all the right signals to Google. And over time, they're going to start trusting you, but just don't get discouraged. Be patient with it all. It does take time. Yeah, definitely. Be patient. SEO is a long-term game for sure. If anybody would like to reach out to you and get in touch with you, Brandon, how can they best get in touch? So anyone that's watching or listening, I create a special gift for them. If they go to my website at seooptimizers.com, that's S-E-O-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash gift. They can find that there along with my contact information and a bunch of classes I've done over the years. I've thrown up for free so they could see step-by-step -step how to do a lot of stuff that we talked about. And also if they want to book some time on my calendar for a free website analysis, they could book that there. And I'm happy to look at their website from an SEO point of view and see what's working, what's not working and how to get them to that level that they want to be at. Great. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on to the Green Business Impact Podcast. It's been great having you on talking all about SEO and keywords and backlinks and everything that's important in that world of trying to make the Google gods happy. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me on today. And if you enjoyed this interview with Brandon, all about how to optimize your website for Google with the best SEO tactics, then definitely check out the link in the description below for your free gift from Brandon himself and start attracting that traffic from Google. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. And if you are interested in launching your own podcast to make an even larger impact on the world, then look no farther than the podcasting platform that I use here to launch every single episode of Green Business Impact, Podbean. I searched through all the different podcasting platforms out there and the best choice by far was Podbean. They give you truly the best value and all the resources you need to spread your message to the world by easily connecting you to all the different podcasting networks like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them. And they give you so many resources and opportunities to monetize it as well. So if you are on the fence about which podcasting platform to go with, make sure you check out the link in the description below to register your podcast with Podbean. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.